Today is December 12th, and welcome to the 20th episode of Below Zero, a podcast about Buffalo from Buffalo. I'm Adam, and I'm going to bring you the latest Buffalo happenings, including politics, music, and everything else in Western New York life. Uh, so today's going to be a little bit shorter than a full-length one, because I'll probably do a, a lot more tomorrow, just kind of as a as a coverage of the whole week. But today I wanted to focus a lot on housing here in Western New York. Uh, for those that don't know, I am a tenants' rights and housing attorney, eviction defense, foreclosure defense, anything that has to do with housing, I am very, very interested in that. And so what I do is I work with a lot of tenants here in Western New York, specifically, uh, mostly in the city of Buffalo, who have disputes with with landlords, uh, you know, because whether you're in suburban area, rural area, or urban, landlords often take advantage of, of their tenants. And so my job as an attorney is to see what I can do to help people know their rights and exercise them properly. So earlier this week, um, we did a demonstration. When I say we, I mean uh, myself along with uh, members of Push Buffalo, People United for Sustainable Housing is what that stands for. Uh, they're a housing nonprofit here in Western New York that also does a lot of uh, good organizing of, of communities and tenants and things like that. And so the story was about um, a, a tenant who had been illegally locked out of their home and they could not get their belongings and the belongings were later removed illegally by the landlord. And it's just been an awful story. And so we held a press conference on the front lawn of that house uh, and and it got some good coverage in the local news. So I just want to kind of do a, a wrap up of everything that kind of happened around that. And um, it, it was, it's an important story. And I'm glad that, um, you know, that, that it got the coverage that it did. But what I want to start with actually is an op-ed that I wrote with the help of, I cannot thank these people enough, Rebecca Gerard and Sia Weaver. They are two statewide housing organizers um, with housing, uh, housing Justice for All and other you know, various groups. These are coalitions, but Rebecca Gerard and Sia Weaver helped me write this and they are amazing and I love them. So this appeared in the Buffalo News last Sunday. I am immensely proud of this being published. Uh, they titled it, Legislature Can Head Off Eviction Foreclosure Crises. And so just jump right in here. And I'll just read the whole thing because I think it's, you know, every single thing in here is incredibly important. So, as we enter the holiday season, thousands of families in western New York and millions more across the state are unsure of their ability to pay next month's rent or mortgage. The situation is dire. New research from UCLA and four other universities found that lifting state moratoriums and allowing eviction proceedings to continue caused as many as 433,700 4 excess cases of COVID-19 and 10,700 additional deaths in the United States between March and September this year. As a housing attorney in Buffalo, I talk to tenants who are behind on rent every week. But my clients are not only tenants. Homeowners, too, are behind on their mortgages. Yet, until now, no relief has come. How long can our governor and the state legislature continue to kick the can of mass evictions and foreclosures down the road? Nearly 60% of Buffalo's residents rent their homes. Most of the rest of us are paying mortgages indebted to the banks. Decades of profit-seeking from the real estate industry, combined with predatory lending and lack of basic tenants' rights, have made our city deeply unaffordable. The housing crisis that existed before the pandemic 
is now a ticking time bomb. Eight months into this global health crisis, thousands of Western New Yorkers have permanently lost jobs and income. Renters and homeowners alike are eight months behind on housing costs. Without action from the state legislature, unpaid bills will become due, evictions will skyrocket, and we will face another foreclosure crisis in our city and state. Just like in 2008, predatory real estate investors will be ready to gobble up our neighborhoods and profit from our pain. But there is another way. After counting all the absentee votes, the Democrats have attained a historic supermajority in the Senate. Working with the Assembly, our legislators could provide eviction and foreclosure relief instantly. There are three pending bills in the legislature. One to clear back rents and provide support to mom-and-pop landlords, one to prevent evictions and foreclosures, and one to give New Yorkers the aid they need to exit homeless shelters. But these sensible solutions to the housing crisis need more support in the Senate and Assembly, including from our representatives in Western New York, to have a chance. These bills have not made it to the floor, and the legislature has not met since June. We have paths to take that can lessen the housing crisis, but we must lift our voices together and use them to let our elected officials know that now is a time for bold action. Buffalo's renters and homeowners cannot wait. So that was the piece there. And like I said, I'm very, very proud of that. And I wanted to read it to anybody who didn't get a chance to, to pick up a Sunday paper or just didn't see it anywhere. Um, that was, like I said, uh, co-written with Sia Weaver and Rebecca Gerard. And so now about this action we did on Tuesday, uh, I want to play a couple quick pieces of coverage from it because uh, I was quoted in one and then the other was just a recording from the, the event itself. So the first one I'll play here is uh, Channel 4's coverage. This is just a, a little quick web story they did, which uh, c captured some of my comments from the action itself. Well, community leaders and housing advocates are demanding answers after a family was evicted from their rental house. That family was kicked out of their home on Humison Avenue after a fire last month. They say the landlord harassed them, took their belongings out of the house, and locked them out. The family's attorney wants lawmakers to come up with tenant protections to keep this from happening to others. The landlord illegally kicked them out, and who are they supposed to turn to? They can't turn to the housing court. They can't turn to the police. Yeah. So we're going to continue to stand out here and stand up for each other. But we need the system to, to step up and do its job. We need the legislature to step up and do their job. We need the governor to step up and do his job. Yeah. Or else this is going to continue happening over and over and over. Yeah. And that ain't right. That ain't right. right. Well, coming up tonight at 6, we'll hear more on why Push Buffalo says the landlord's actions violated state laws. So that was a nice little recap from WIVB uh, Channel 4 here in Buffalo. Uh, so all rights, of course, to them for that, that clip and that video. Um, and then this next one is from WBFO here. They have a, a daily podcast, and this was uh, put on the radio as well, the local NPR affiliate. Uh, so this is a, I was contacted by Tom Dinky from, from the, the station, and he and I had a, a phone conversation the same day as the action. And and so he used a quote from me in here, and I, I wanted to play this as well. Housing advocates in the city of Buffalo are raising concerns that the pandemic will lead to more illegal evictions in the coming months. Push Buffalo says New York's eviction moratorium is going unenforced, with some landlords taking matters into their own hands. 
They are highlighting the case of a Buffalo family they say was illegally evicted from their Pumison Avenue apartment last month by an out-of-state landlord. Adam Bojack, a Western New York tenant's rights attorney, says the pandemic has caused many renters to either not pay the rent or use credit cards to pay the rent. There is an enormous amount of either unpaid rent or rent debt that is piling up, and we're going to see an enormous problem. There is going to be an enormous problem with housing when they eventually stop kicking that eviction can down the road. And unless you step in and say, we're going to cancel rents or cancel mortgages or just give people the, the money to pay their back owed balances, there's going to be just an enormous amount of, of problems. The state's eviction pause is currently set to expire on January 1st. They watch- so, yeah, the really, really great coverage of the event, not only the event, but also the housing crisis. You know, this is an enormous, enormous problem. Uh, we've been, us, us housing advocates have been talking about this for a long time. So uh, I'm glad that our our local news affiliates are starting to, to pick it up and run with it. Uh, so a couple more things I wanted to hit on here. One is the Buffalo News article um, based on the action and this is kind of what happens when, when Buffalo News gets a hold of stories. Um, you know, I can't say I'm surprised or disappointed. This is what we expect. And, and so that's just, you know, part of, part of what happens. But the, the, the headline kind of tells the whole story. So it says, frustrated landlords turning to illegal, quote, uh, quote unquote, self-help evictions. And so right from the, the title of the story, they're already framing it around the landlords, right? So this is, this is a story was about a family that was kicked out of their home and lost their belongings. But the, the headlines are already saying, well, it's the frustrated, frustrated landlords, right? They are they have been centered here. And so you can tell also from the first few, few paragraphs. Uh, so it says the frustrated, land, uh, frustrated small landlords, particularly those from out of town, are starting to turn to illegal means to evict tenants who aren't paying by changing locks or making conditions unlivable to force them out local housing activists alleged Tuesday. And that's that this is this is what we were saying at that action. We have heard this from many tenants, not simply uh, the ones that were uh, the subject of that action. So it continues, the landlords, often quote mom and pop, unquote, property owners, have been dealing for months with an inability to evict difficult tenants or tenants who aren't paying their rent, often because they lost their jobs as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. So still... They're putting the landlords first. It's the landlords who are suffering because the tenants are difficult or not paying. So normally they would file for eviction in the court system and wait for the papers to wind through the long procedure, resulting in an eviction warrant. But the city's housing court was closed for most of the last eight months and is only now starting to work slowly through a huge backlog dating to March and even earlier. And that's accurate. The court is trying to, to get caught up with cases that were pending at the shutdown back in March. As a result, new filings aren't being handled unless there's an emergency. So some landlords are growing tired of waiting and are taking matters into their own hands with allegedly illegal tactics. Now, I'm not sure what the allegedly is doing there because if, if they do it, it's illegal. Self-help evictions are 100% illegal, not allegedly illegal. Uh, so we know that during this pandemic, even though there's been a universal eviction moratorium, there are people who are unjustly being evicted from their homes every day, said Harper Bishop, Deputy Director of Movement Building at Push Buffalo. These are real people with real families and they live in terrible conditions and it is intentional, it is purposeful, it is systemic, 
and it is not right. That's a really, really great quote from, from Harper. And it is important to remember that this is absolutely systemic. Uh, if we wanted to do something about these, these housing issues, we could do it at the city level, at the state level, certainly at the federal level. But these are political choices that, that those in power have made not to do something. Uh, so that warning came Tuesday from housing and community activists from Pushed Buffalo, along with local tenants' right attorney Adam Bojack, as they stood in front of a two-story house at 10 Hummelson Avenue in Buffalo near the Cheektowaga border. They denounced the property's landlord for what the advocacy group called his unjust and illegal treatment of the family that lived there. The landlord, Farhad Raizada of San Diego, said the allegations are completely false. So, of course, this person lives in San Diego. Uh, they are not local, but they are extracting wealth from our communities and profiting off the immiseration of, of people in our communities, our neighbors. Uh, the three-bedroom house is owned by Rizada's limited liability companies, Premier Heritage Homes and Prime Heritage Homes, which own 70 homes in Buffalo, including about 28 that receive Section 8 housing subsidies. Many, if not all, were acquired through the city's foreclosure auction, Push says. So we've, we've done our research on this person, and uh, they have something like 40, 41 properties on the city rental registration. Uh, and this, these are all just faceless, um, you know, front LLCs, these limited liability companies. These, these are all owned by Farhad Raizada, and he has put them, the ownership, into LLCs in order to stand one step removed from the ownership himself. And this is something that, you know, of course, landlords would do. This is a smart legal move, but it obscures ownership of the properties just necessarily by, by hiding them in these LLCs. The former tenants of the Hummison home, Cheryl Williams and her family, initially fled their 1,470 square foot house to live with friends because of a fire in October, but then found that their California-based landlord had locked them out of the property when they tried to return to get some of their possessions. And that's what we call a self-help eviction. It is immoral and it is illegal in New York State, Bishop said. So the Williams family, who had their rent paid through the end of November, changed the locks to get back in. But Rosetta changed them again, locked them out over Thanksgiving, put their belongings in the basement and garage, and demanded both a rental payment and $1,000 from the family to turn the water back on, Push said. In the meantime, he rented the home to new tenants at a higher rate. All of this is absolutely 100% true. The new tenants, I, I want to make this absolutely clear, have been incredible and helpful and amazing. But the problem is we can't force these poor people out of their new home. So, uh, you know, we can't we can't push the injustice onto new people. So now, like, thankfully, the Williams were able to uh, find other place to, to live in the meantime. But now they have to scramble to get all their belongings. And, and plus, this person is trying to force them to pay money to turn the water back on. That's just, that's just ransom. That's ridiculous. So uh, the Williamses notified local officials more than once, but no action was taken against the landlord, according to Push. And this is something that I pointed out during the action is this is not the first time uh, in the past eight, nine months, or even before the shutdown, that I have been contacted or heard about a tenant who was illegally evicted by, by a landlord, and they called the authorities and the police show up and say there's nothing they can do about it. Illegal, illegal eviction, as of the 2019 change in the, in the landlord-tenant laws, it is a misdemeanor crime to illegally evict somebody. 
And the police don't even know their own laws. And so they don't do anything about it when they're calling these things. And that is a huge problem. These are the people who are supposedly there to serve and protect, but they don't, they don't do their job. I mean, it's the simplest way to put it. Uh, so the, the landlord has robbed me blind and he has kicked me out of my home. He doesn't care about people. He only cares about profits, Cheryl Williams said in a, a, the Push press release. But he picked the wrong woman because I'm going to keep going until I secure justice for myself and the other people that he's done this to. And I, I want to linger on that because since this article and since this action, uh, thank you to the coverage, like I said, uh, both Harper Bishop and Push and I as well, have we have been contacted by other tenants who have reached out and said, yes, I can tell you for 100% certainty that Farhad has done this to me too. Uh, so, you know, this landlord has a lot of people who are ready uh, to, to hopefully come forward. But the problem with coming forward for tenants is if you put your name on that, number one, you can never live in this person's property again. They'll never rent to you again. And number two, if you have to leave that property, then if you, if the other landlords are going to see that you cause problems for, for another landlord, they're not going to rent to you and you're going to get blacklisted. Uh, so it's really, really tough. Uh, so let's see. Rizada called the allegations against him completely false. He said the fire started because Williams was smoking in her bed and it caused extensive damage, making it uninhabitable. She had also damaged the walls and left trash and broken windows, and she hadn't paid her $200 portion of the rent in four months. And now, so he's saying the allegations are false, but the allegations were that he illegally evicted her. Uh, and he has not said that, no, he didn't illegally evict her. So uh, the allegations against him, he hasn't actually... Uh, you know, said anything to uh, go against those allegations. And I also want to point out that even if every single thing he says in this paragraph is true, even if she was smoking in bed and caused a fire, even if she hadn't paid her $200 portion of the rent, even assuming all that, he cannot change the locks. It is an illegal eviction. It is against the law. It is a crime. So even assuming all these things he says are true, he still can't do that. So in the meantime, he said her Section 8 contract was canceled and her caseworker had told her she had to find new housing. Uh, he said he only changed the lock 50 days after the fire and Williams had both his cell phone number and that of the property manager to reclaim any possessions. Um, that's still, no, that's that's not, this is, these are just, a, a, this is a question of fact. So she Ms. Williams has said that none of this is true. He's saying it is. So, um, and like I said, we've had we've heard from other tenants who have made this very similar complaints about this this landlord. So, I'm willing to trust what Ms. Williams says here more than the landlord. So, um, that's pretty much it for that article. Um, no, I just the last paragraph here. The advocates called for city and state lawmakers to pass more tenant protections including a Buffalo Tenant Bill of Rights to enhance tenants' ability to fight back, prevent unfair evictions without just cause, and toughen penalties for violations. So that's where I want to leave that, because the work is not done. We, we do have some more things happening, and, and there is some exciting, hopeful, exciting news coming up based around this. But um, it's just something to keep an eye on for now. And as always, if you or and somebody you know has problem with a landlord, please reach out to me. Uh, I, I will always help and there will never be a charge for, for a tenant who needs my help. Uh, and then the final thing on the housing, this is a, a really good 
op-ed from the Buffalo News editorial board. Uh, this came out yesterday, and it's just titled Unconscionable Evictions, which is straight to the point, and I like that. So only Washington can ease the stresses COVID inflicts on tenants and landlords. Uh, I Yeah, I really, really like that they've, they've put this out here. And these are important points that need to be made. So it says, it's possible, important even, to recognize that both tenants and landlords are under severe stress as the COVID-19 pandemic throws Americans out of work, depriving tenants of rent money and landlords the income they need to pay their own bills. And that is something I've always been 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 quick to acknowledge. A lot of people like to paint me as only fighting for tenants. I am absolutely fighting for homeowners also. And you know what? As, as my, my op-ed said, if we take the, the, you know, take the legs out of, of small, quote-unquote, mom-and-pop landlords, those properties are not going to go back into the community. They're going to get picked up by the Sinatras and the, the Paladinos or just even bigger housing conglomerates like the Blackstones of the world. That's what happened after 2008. They swooped in and bought up billions of dollars of properties to, to boost their real estate portfolios. And if we don't help small homeowners, it's going to happen again. So anything that I've ever fought for, make sure that we have help for both tenants and the homeowners as well. So it continues, but the relationship is unequal. And when landlords use nefarious and illegal means to force tenants out, the law needs to step in. At least as important, Washington needs to step in while the pandemic rages to ensure that a crisis of homelessness doesn't sweep the country. Really, really good paragraph. Uh, tenants, tenant advocates say that despite a COVID-inspired moratorium on evictions, landlords are changing locks or making conditions unlivable. And that's, that's also sadly true. I have heard of more than one time where landlords intentionally turn off utilities, water or gas, and then will try to force a tenant to leave by turning off those things that they need to live. This is going to happen more and more as the weather continues to cold, uh, get colder. So under normal circumstances, that might be shrugged off as unremarkable, a harsh fact of life in landlord-tenant relationships. But the rules changed in the midst of a national crisis. Tenants and landlords both needed protection, but the national government has failed them. With the notable exception of its $2 trillion spring stimulus-slash-rescue package, it has refused to act, even under the threat of an economic depression and all its associated depredations from hunger to homelessness. Now, I would take, of course, I would take issue with the first sentence saying that it's a harsh fact of life that tenants get screwed over by landlords, but the rest of that is 100% spot on. Uh, you know, Congress has, after that first, uh, first CARES Act, where they gave everybody a one-time $1,200 payment, uh, they have done nothing. Absolutely nothing in eight months. And that is just embarrassing. It's atrocious. It's, it's a travesty, crime against humanity, whatever you want to call it. So it's among the reasons that Washington needs to stop pretending it can continue to do nothing. Its clout and fiscal, fiscal flexibility make it the sole entity that can help the country weather a pandemic that its inaction has already made worse. Largely because of its failures, the country is setting grim new records on daily COVID deaths. Washington's foot dragging is unconscionable, as are the related evictions, legal or otherwise, of people who have fallen behind on their rent through no fault of their own. Although the actions and inactions of the federal government may suggest otherwise, we are not stupid people. There is a way out of this. And the, yeah, uh, the one thing they said about uh, the, the fiscal flexibility that Washington has, they literally print money. They can print as much as they want. So 
they absolutely that's that's a fiscal flexibility we're talking about here. It's like, oh, people can't pay rent. Well, we'll just pay it for them. We could do that. We absolutely could. Like I said, these are political choices not to. As infections and body counts rise, the economy will only come under greater pressure, leading to additional job losses and new landlord-tenant confrontations that will inevitably push more renters onto the street. Unless Washington does something. So that's that's a really, really good uh, a piece from the Buffalo News editorial board. Wanted to give them a shout out for that and also share that because um, we could and should and absolutely will fight to tax the rich here in the state of New York. We have a really, really exciting new slate of, uh, of legislators that are going to be coming into the Assembly and Senate. And a lot of them are on board with taxing the rich here in New York. But we have to have more than that. Uh, we can we can plug gaps short term like that, but long term the federal government has to step in and do a lot more. Now, obviously, the Republican Party has just stood in the way of anything that would be remotely helpful. But the, we'll see what happens after these Georgia special elections. After Joe Biden is inaugurated, we'll see what happens. But we need help. We we need to need federal help. So that's everything about the the housing that I wanted to touch on today on Saturday. And um, yeah, we'll do, probably do another one of these tomorrow for, for the rest of the news from the week. And I hope you will check that out as well. So thank you for listening. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can follow on Twitter at B-L-O-Z-E-R-O podcast or email us at uh, B-L-O-Z-E-R-O podcast at gmail.com to any questions, comments, or episode ideas. And then finally, if you like what we're doing, please go to patreon.com slash B-L-O-Z-E-R-O podcast and you can contribute to the show for as little as a single dollar a month. And that would be very appreciated just because everything comes with hosting costs and all things like that. So anything you can do to help out would be greatly appreciated. And that's it for today. Have a great rest of the day and we'll talk to you soon.